0: solar bathroom renovations kitchen renovations anything like that head across to tradie.wiki forward slash pod for podcast tradie.wiki forward slash pod for podcast a book in a conversation it is game-changing are you looking for more leads from not that much more effort well in this podcast you're going to learn the following things how to train your techs and your staff to look for more leads how to diversify your lead generation strategy and the ground game, digital game, and special ops marketing strategy. Okay, YouTubers, to get notified of our upcoming podcasts and videos, do yourself a favor, smash that subscribe button, ring the notification bell, and please share this video with someone that you think would get a benefit from it. Enjoy the show. Ryan, welcome back to the Sideshow Podcast. (laughs) Glad to be here with you, brother. Good to have you. For your listeners and viewers out there, um, Ryan was with us in episode 212, 213, 214, where we did a little mini-series called How to Grow 30% Year Over Year with Predictability. Um, and I've actually reached out to the boys and asked them to come back on the show um, to talk a little bit more into the um, the arena of sales based on conversations that we've had from both People in, within our community and and clients, especially, um, a lot of the Ryan I know you know this because I've already spoken to you about it. But a lot of our audience and community, they're um, they're looking for ways that they can empower their you know their, their technicians, their team, their CSRs, the whole shebang themselves. In truth, <laughs> as to how they can be uh, better at sales. And w- when I say better at sales, I don't necessarily mean uh pushy but you know just bringing an awareness into that space um because i think very often and i know because i've been there myself um you know you 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 get in this cadence of going out and doing the thing without looking you know beyond you know what the what those initial expectations might be you inevitably end up leaving a lot of you know a lot of money on the table so um I know you guys are great at this. Um, I know this series we did before, Ryan, was awesome, very well received. Um, so again, that was 212, 13, and 14 for you guys that want to go back and check it out. There'll be links in the show notes, by the way. Um, but between now and then, you've got Chris on board. So um welcome, Chris. It's your first time, shed Virgin. Um, give us a little bit of a spiel as to as your involvement with with the uh, the team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm very happy to be here. I love Australia. I have heaps and heaps. love for australia it's my favorite australian word uh so ryan and i connected uh, a while back because i am uh focused on the residential market and i love ryan and i really have a lot of the same core beliefs uh around personal excellence and how we show up and consultative selling and i think a lot of his expertise on a technical sense uh, drifts towards the commercial side works with tons of residential guys too but you know, when I came in, I actually completed his um, program. And I said, wow, this is really good stuff. But I think we can add some more tactics and techniques that are more focused on the residential market. And he was like, yeah, Chris, that sounds great. Like, what can we do? Right. And then it just kind of took off from there. So for me personally, uh, you know, I run my own construction business as well. Uh, Like yourself, Matt, like a lot of the listeners on the podcast. And I've been in the industry for over a decade. I've coached, I've worked with a bunch of entrepreneurs, salespeople, et cetera. Uh, so working with Sales Transformation Group is a great platform to get that out to everybody because I love being in the residential space. I couldn't imagine anything else. And I think there's, there's a lot of opportunity and potential if people just know how to harness it properly. Sure.
0: Yeah. And I, I know a lot of the um, sales kind of has a bit of a dirty connotation to it. You know, I've, I've been in so many of those tra- training programs over the years with different different well in truth most of them were out of the u.s but it was that real pushy sort of style of um selling and i feel like that's you know so far dead it's never played well with me on a on a um ethical level i think and i think there's a lot of people out there that have probably seen this and they resonate with that and i like i like the style that you guys have because i know it's not not really that pushiness. it's more about well let's just present people with options and You know make sure the team are doing the right things and asking the right questions so i'm definitely looking forward to diving into this series um ryan give us a bit of a spill on um on the sales transformation group yeah so uh glad to be back we're a sales
2: growth and transformation platform focused on the trades so uh typically somebody works with us you know they're struggling with uh not having a defined sales process or they, they they're they frustrated with the ups and downs of revenue or salespeople not being able to close so the owners have to do all the selling um you know perhaps they're stuck and their sales people aren't selling value or their sales manager's not really managing there's just kind of a lot of issues holding back growth that can be solved with really good you know sales development in their organization whether it's personnel recruiting process culture And so, um, by and large, you know, we think that the trades is an amazing industry to, you know, create you know wealth as owners, even in salespeople to leave legacy, to make an impact. I mean, I just love this industry. My parents were in the uh, were contractors, and they I saw them really struggle through the recession, and it just kind of impacted me deeply and said like I want to do something about this. Um, And so, I kind of went more the route of helping the industry with with things like sales training and coaching and consulting and. Culture and a lot of what we talk about ties in personal growth as well, which I think is selling. You're selling you, so like be the best you you can be, not hide who you are and get people to believe you're somebody else. And what you're selling is, you know, is like a manipulation kind of thing. It's more like just show up as you, care a lot, do the right thing, and things take care of themselves. So our our company is all about helping to you know help the contracting space create that atmosphere in their own business for their teams to help them grow uh predictably and you know abundantly and things like that
0: yeah awesome well it sounds like a good little um ecosystem you guys have dialed in there with the residential and the commercial side of things and Ryan, you spent a lot of time in the roofing space didn't you
2: yeah that was where this all got started was in roofing and um You know, we're, I'd say that still holds the lion's share, probably 50% of our customer base are contractors that are roofers, but um, we're we're really excited to motivate and motivated to just continue to expand out into all the trades because, you know, whether you're selling, you know, a service repair, a maintenance contract, a replacement, a new construction job, uh, it's all the same, you know, experience essentially and the salespeople. There's just little nuances that are unique, right? So,
0: um, yeah. Well, you guys have um, designed this series, which we've called Success in Sales. You've split it up into three episodes. All the leads you can need, all the leads you need. Episode one, episode two, closing happens before the close. Episode three, riding the wave of production. So, for you guys out there, you're tuning in today to episode one. Um, There will, but definitely, um, stay plugged in because the following episodes. Um, are designed in a way that they'll basically stem on from whatever you learn in this one um so we may as well jump into all the leads you need i suppose this conversation we're speaking with business owners we're speaking with um maybe the sales department sales managers that kind of thing is that right or are we we speaking to the guys on the front line here is this like technicians as well
1: well see that's one of the things that i'm actually really passionate about and i want to be really clear uh because there's a misconception in the industry especially like As organizations get bigger, right? People feel like okay, there's a sales team and there's a marketing team, and the marketing team is great and valuable, and you should have a marketing team if that makes sense to your organization. But what I hate to see is when the sales team stops taking responsibility for generating leads, Mm. right? Like that's that's a huge pain point for a lot of clients that we work with. Is they have these sales professionals, frontline salespeople that are just waiting for leads to come from the company. Mm. And and that's just a recipe for disaster. So this is absolutely for business owners, sales managers, but it's also for frontline sales professionals because the top performing sales professionals take full accountability and and responsibility over their own lead funnel to make sure they're getting all the leads they need. So they always are doing enough appointments every week. Man, this is close to home for me at
0: the moment. (laughs) I can tell you right now. Very, very, um, very relevant conversations to my organization. In fact, I'm going to make everyone watch this one.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and it's like, it's the beginning of the process, right? That's why I'm really excited. You know, when me and Ryan were talking to you about this and like kind of the three parts of the sale, Mm -hmm. a lot of people focus on the actual sale, but the top performing salespeople have the leads going into the sale, they do the sale, and then they ride the wave after,
0: which we'll talk about later. Sure. yeah i don't know we we're working obviously we run a digital agency and we do a lot of lead generation um in truth like a lot of the businesses don't have a lead problem they've got like a conversion problem and they've got they lack that ability once they've got the the lead to leverage it to its advantage and you know to i won't say squeeze the most out of them but certainly like provide options you know and you know i think sometimes the the um there's that churn and burn mentality very often actually in most cases sadly there's that whole churn and burn mentality with you know with leads and new customers which in in most cases falls at the expense of their existing customers um which can be you know have have sort of a ripple effect in the space of well making you your client feel valued by providing them you know the ultimate solution um and then of course, you know, that, that has a ripple effect back down into, into the, the company turnover and profits and you know, customer experience and the whole shebang. So I'm pretty keen to dive into this one. Um, so what are we going to discuss here? What are we going to be talking about in this episode?
1: Yeah. So uh, the key part of this, we're going to talk about how you create a multi-pronged attack. right? Because a lot of people have one or two lead sources that work really well for them, right? And they kind of over-rely on those and they don't diversify. So if something goes wrong or something's not working and they're just kind of sitting there going, where are my leads? I'm definitely excited to talk to you more about the conversion and and what to do with the leads. Um, I think, you know, like you said, there's a number of companies that have the leads and just don't treat those leads properly. And that's part of it. Uh, but if you have a balance, it's kind of like a balanced diet, right? You know, if you have a balanced uh, generation of leads coming from different sources and everything's smooth and predictable, that's the word Ryan loves a lot predictable, right? Predictable growth, predictable progress. Mm-hmm. When you have that system in place, it makes it easier, I think, to have the headspace to actually go and attack those leads and service them properly versus just kind of drinking from the fire hose and seeing what sticks. Sure. You know, a, lot, a lot of our clients, that we've worked with have been like that like oh well all this stuff's going on and we'll see kind of what happens there's definitely a way to systematize and organize it so that as those leads are coming in they're getting serviced properly and then your your company is getting maximum roi your customers are getting the best experience and the sales professionals are doing the you know the smoothest most efficient
2: at their job and i'll yeah. add something, uh matt if, if i if yep. i get hopped in like you know something you said earlier is is sticking out to me it's like your your lead generation typically is going to require some some form of marketing spend right so in the form of ads obviously organic is going to help and being ranked in top you know first page google and and branding and social organic posting all that stuff but like at the end of the day if 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 your sales team is relying just on their own leads um It costs more money to scale, right? So your customer acquisition costs, especially if they're not converting, is going to go higher. So you got to convert. But what what makes it interesting is when a salesperson. So what that might be an indicator of is two things. One is the salespeople don't know how to prospect, and then two, they may have too many salespeople or too many people that are they're drunk on leads. They're just not really taking good care of the ones that are providing that are being provided to them. But I can tell you right now, like. If, a, if if you look at the the statistics of a self-generated lead like a referral or an introduction the the likelihood of co- conversion is actually going to be greater than a lead generated by the company because sure. the person's more in control of the process so they're actually like w- there's a lot of impact there think about it so imagine if a sales guy has half the number of, of appointments generated by the company but the other half He's generating his own to to help him support his income goals. So now he's asking for referrals. The referral is going to have a better chance of closing. Now he gets another client from that referral, and then he's able to get another referral or an introduction or something in the neighborhood. And those are going to close at a higher rate. In fact, the ones who really are good end up saying, I don't need the company leads because I'm so good at generating my own. My point is, you combine that with adding a little bit more scarcity in the lead flow to more salespeople. And you have a salesperson who's going to better treat each lead. And now they're going to actually be focused, quick, speedy, more consultative, care, listen better, ask better questions and treat that lead uh, as, with the amount of value that an owner thinks of it versus kind of just saying, ah, I'll just get another one. They're just going to keep feeding me anyway. And something's going to work out and I don't have to be as good.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. It sort, of, sort of like plies into that. Um, I suppose mantra that we have in relation to qualification, you know, lead qualification, because I mean, we have a lot of a lot of clients, especially like our builders, you know, clients that are builders and things like that. They could be booked out for two years; like they don't have they don't have a problem with the leads, but what they're finding is they're just wasting so much of their time talking with like leads that are not qualified to have that conversation yet. And so, for, from a marketing perspective, then the the paradigm becomes well. We're going to try and reduce your leads, but we're going to try and make the ones that you do get better qualified. So it it becomes like, it's a lead reduction (laughs) strategy, to be honest, because you're trying to get people, you're trying to have less conversations with people. You're trying to waste less of time, you know? So it's an interesting paradigm shift.
1: Well, I think what's really important is wasting less drive time and appointment time. Sure. Right? Like people... I think a lot of sales professionals and people on the front end of the sales process don't do that qualification on those initial phone calls and that initial contact, right? Like when someone reaches out to the company or whatever, like that's that's when you can really start to find out like, is this our ideal potential client? Do we really have the right service for them? And are they
0: who we want to work with? And And a lot of that can be fueled from the right style of marketing too. Like we, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, coming from, you know, originally from Sydney where like it could take you, three, four hours to cross the city in peak hour, like the last thing you want is to get a, a, a job booked in for, a, you know, a tap washer or something, you know, half, across the other side of the city. It just doesn't make any sense. So like what you're saying is 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 right, but I think a lot of that can be dialed in, you know, from, from the marketing strategy as well. I mean, it's not an exact science, but you can certainly lend yourself towards it through, you know, content, through where you place your ads, all that kind of stuff so um and yeah, where what, you
1: put your energy like where you you know sure. who you're marketing to you know i want to talk a little bit uh in a on this on this version or this episode about neighborhoods sure it's one of the great things about the residential market right is a lot of our clients and customers are focused in neighborhoods sure. so it's like like these these juicy little honey pots that we can focus our energy on and we yep. know that you know there's a certain level of income in that neighborhood and there's a certain type of customer that lives there and really focus that energy rather than blasting
0: all of our marketing energy all over the place and just taking whatever comes in. And, and you know what, that's the, the, probably the biggest thing that we like implemented at the agency is that local marketing approach because like we know and most in truth most businesses when they come to us you know that whole thing they'll come to us but they don't really know what they want like oh we want to be number one in sydney or number one plumber in melbourne i'm like you know you don't you've got three guys if you were number one plumber in melbourne you wouldn't be able to service a fraction of it your name would be dragged through the mud and you'd be out of business within (laughs) within a month you can't like people don't really they like the idea of something without really understanding the full complications and the you know what it takes to be You know that type of business so but like that whole like neighborhood approach you know local area approach is so powerful and there's so many valuable like marketing resources that can you know really help you plant your flag in that sort of place like google my business google maps um you know google ads even like you can really you can get as granular as targeting postcodes in google ads we do it all the time in fact we only with our Google Ads clients, we only do postcode marketing these days because <laughs> we we just know they don't want to be getting leads from outside that area.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of companies have like a shotgun approach to marketing, mm-hmm. right? And they just like spend the money and they shoot it out and there's like and they'll just take whatever comes in, and they're just happy that they're getting leads without thinking about you know qualified lead versus just an average person who may not even really need their service.
0: Sure. So do you want to talk about these three elements of that effective marketing plan? I know you, you've jotted down here, you've got the game plan, the digital game, and the, the special ops. So I'd like to explore those a bit more. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So in the residential market, uh, and really, you know, I think this would apply uh, in commercial as well, but it's kind of three different elements. And it, a good way to think about it is like a chair right or a stool I guess would probably have three legs. If you only have one or two legs on your stool, that stool is going to fall over, right? So you got to have all three so that's balanced. So you got your ground game, you got your digital game, and you got your special ops. So ground game is the unglamorous stuff, right? It's the stuff that we all know we should do, but some organizations really take it to heart and some organizations don't. Simple things, right? Like when you're producing a job that takes, you know, a day or longer, do you have yard signs up? Hmm. Yeah. do you have a physical presence at that job site when people drive by is your are your vehicles wrapped do you have signs do you have flyers out for the neighbors you know have you sent your sales guy knocking on the door of the six or ten or twelve houses right near there hey we're working with the joneses over on 123 east plum street and i uh, just want you know want to give you an opportunity if you need it any service as well, right? Like it's not glamorous stuff, but it's, uh, it's stuff that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. So in American football, right? We, uh, uh, we talk about like running the ball versus passing the ball and running the ball is boring. You only get a couple yards at a time, big tackle, you know, you don't get very far, but if you're just always passing the ball all the time, then, you know, the defense is going to know what's coming, right? They're going to know that you're just going to pass all the time. So you got to mix in run. Even if it doesn't necessarily get you as many direct results as you think, um, which I, in our experience actually it does, especially as everyone's moved to a more digital uh, presence over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years, right? A lot of those traditional ground game tactics are getting left behind, you know, door knocking, flyers, things like that. So it, you almost even stand out more now as an organization when you actually have a physical presence. And people can be just driving by and see your vehicles and see your signs. Yeah. So that's an important, like, it's kind of like eating your vegetables. I'm a big analogy guy, if you guys haven't figured that out. (laughs) Uh, And so, you know, that ground game is the basis for everything else in your marketing plan. You know, for all the cool digital ads and all the Google stuff you're going to do and everything else that you're... If you don't have a, you know, we are contractors right we exist in the physical space we do work on people's homes in the real world so if we don't have some sort of marketing presence in the real world we're really leaving meat on the bone we're leaving possibility you know Mm -hmm. you can't own a neighborhood if the neighbors don't even know who you are
0: sure yeah and this i mean i've Sp- spoken about this a billion times, and I've actually done trainings and things on these in the past, where we call it like the digital ecosystem, or it's, it's in truth the marketing ecosystem. Where I mean, in, in today's day and age, if you if you give someone a referral, are they going to call the number you've given them, or are they going to Google you? Like, there's a whole ecosystem that comes into play now, and people I think sometimes neglect the fact that like they they all have a and have an effect on each other, and that it all has a. You know, and we always say, well, okay make sure that you look professional when people google you right because it's going to happen at 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 some stage or another but like what you're i mean what you're saying is right as well it's like well how do we get more people to google us right like if we're going to go and drop a you know do a letterbox drop to 20 houses 10 10 either side of the place we've just worked on like we know they're going to google us like so you got to consider that whole ecosystem right and i think like i I completely relate with what you're saying, like that whole lumpy mail approach like how how hard is it for your you know your technician to do you know drop ten flyers either side of the house he's been in like it, it might take him five minutes, max, you know, um might maybe he will strike a conversation up with someone who knows, but like you know when you when you open your letterbox, what are you receiving these days? bill, bill, like it's just garbage, you know, if you've got something useful and something. Um, like a nice package that you can present to someone i don't know what your take is on this but i'd love to hear it but i just think there's so much opportunity there for you know for people to do that because i mean we find in this day and age like you know people could people could have be working with a plumber for five five years you know on and off every 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 other year and if something happens that if that if that business is not front and present somehow, if they're not like on a fridge magnet, if they're not like, if there isn't a folder sitting in the office or something, like they, they're just going to go to Google. Like they don't always remember the name of the business. They, don't, they, they might remember the experience, but you know, like the alternative is to go filtering through their bank invoices and try to figure out who they paid or they just jump on Google and find someone that's, that's near. So like, I'd love to hear what your take is on that and how you can sort of be front and present in that situation.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I would definitely say that's part of the ground game, right? Is, you know, physical presence. I love the fridge magnet. I was literally going to say that before you until you did, you know, so there's things there's little knickknacks, right? Swag, we call it in the US, mm. things that you can leave with the customer or or value creation things, right? Like, hey, here's your checklist. You know, yeah. if you um, like, let's say you paint someone's house, and then you leave a little checklist, you know, ongoing yearly maintenance, cut the bushes back power wash the house once a year, right? Like all these sorts of little things that you can leave once you've even already done the job, which we'll talk again more about in riding the wave. But getting in the door, yeah. Like how hard is it to put a flyer together that to gets someone's attention about a free inspection, mm-hmm. right? You know, free inspections are one of the best things you can do in the ground game, you know? And and to get to that, you can have, you can leave flyers, you can leave packages. It doesn't cost that much to put together something, right? That makes you stand out especially again, because most companies and organizations are getting away from physical stuff. Sure. And the digital game we'll talk about, I mean, it's crucial, especially, you know, for anyone who wants to really grow their business in the modern age, but you can't go all one way and completely forget the other, right? You have gotta have something that sends them to the Google, like you said.
0: Exactly right. And it's incredible how many like people, like companies that we speak with, and like we're essentially a digital marketing agency, but like I say to people all the time, like, if something's working, don't stop doing it. Like, you, they, you know, I've had so many had so many clients of ours, you know, who, that have come from other agencies and they say, oh, we, you know, we were running newspaper ads and it was, you know, working really well, but we went and worked at this agency and they said, we need to be putting all that money into Google ads. So we did that. And now we've basically, we have no work. We've had to let off three guys. And I was like... It's like <laughs> Like it's, it's just, it's madness, you know, like you, you've got to put things in perspective. I, I mean, in truth, it should be, you, like I can't really blame anyone but themselves for that sort of thing. You know, that, that you've just got to have a better understanding of your data and you've got to be, you know, make educated decisions. But like, it just blows me away how many people were willing to drop the ax on something that's working. So, well, we had a client yesterday who's dropped the ax on, you know, his SEO campaign, probably our best performing client SEO. He's oh, we're just going to bring it all in house. And I'm like... Okay, like you might—is it really—is this—is this this a cost-saving exercise or is this marketing suicide? That's what I said to him in the the email. I'm like, I I don't mind if you want to bring it in-house; it's fine. But like, this is like your lead source for your business. (laughs) What are you actually throwing away here? Like, do you really understand that? So, I mean, you got to put these things into perspective, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, that whole like. You know, and my experience is, and I'm I'm, I'm sure you guys would probably have far more input into this than, than I would, but like until like what we're talking about here becomes part of the process for this job, like the guys, until they actually have, okay, have you done this? Have you done the letterbox job? Have you like whatever? Like it just, it'll never get done. Like you can sit there and tell them to do things until you're blue in the face. The reality is until it becomes part of the process, it'll never happen. What?
1: Yeah, you got to create systems, right? Checklists, you know, and there's got to be accountability. So like, if you're going to put signs up in the yard, every time you book a job, then as like a sales manager, you need to get pictures right. of those signs from your guys every time, right? Like, you can't expect what you don't inspect. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when it comes to the ground game, I think it's just something that's been lost, right? You know, it's like the essence of sales really is like somebody going out there, grinding, Finding a lead and then turning it into something. And mm. it's become a lot easier to find leads online, but there's still got to be that like hunger and that desire to create their own momentum.
2: Yeah. I don't know what you're in. Right? I love that. I, I think that's huge. And, you know, it's something that owners, when they're working with us and their salespeople buy into this, they're like really happy because their salespeople aren't just, you know, lead babies but they're and it just it adds it adds so much more horsepower to the existing marketing campaigns they both beat off each other
0: yep less so pressure that's the ground game
1: right you gotta have the ground game any organization that is getting away from traditional ground game tactics like newspaper or you know what i used to do actually i ran a student painting company when i was like 20 years old and in my town it's a little town uh and they had these uh, and all the diners and restaurants. They had this like weekly like paper bulletin thing that went out, and it had like a crossword puzzle and you know some horoscopes and some stuff. And then on both col- on either side, on the left column and the right column on the edges, it had like local businesses, you know. And so I got got my name in there, and I had people texting me, "Hey, you know, I'm at Sherry's Diner, and just saw your picture in the ad, uh, you know, the paper ad, and right, it's like." these are like real physical things you can do in the world that don't cost that much money. They're not glamorous, but we need to do them. We need to get them, uh, going to support the other two elements of your, your marketing plan. It's going to be digital game, special ops. Brian, cool. do you want to talk to digital game? I know that's,
2: that's definitely a strong point of yours. Yeah. So it's something that we undervalue sometimes. It's like sharing, uh, social organic right so whether instagram is becoming really popular with contractors who are um doing great work and sharing it adding music to it making it fun i mean there's a company uh, orca asphalt maintenance some friends of mine that are out of uh, vancouver and they have the they make like parking lot painting stripes look fun i'm like why am i watching this like i'm like watching them like do like you know And it's just like, this is awesome. I'm like enjoying this, you know, and it's just as simple, you know, using the iPhone and making it fun. And I'm like, this is awesome. These guys have, there's like, they have like 13,000 followers on their Instagram channel. I'm like, holy moly, Mm. you know, and then you have, you know, then you have uh, a, and then you just have like LinkedIn, right? So if you're, especially if you're in B2B, that LinkedIn expert, like, hey, I'm an expert. I'm telling you what I think right now. Um, I'm out here working. You know and you all professionals watching me right now on on LinkedIn you're hearing me demonstrate my expertise and you know how you come across how you write your grammar your picture your video whatever it may be it can be direct and informative and educational and uh position you as an expert and you got Facebook right so you got like mom and grandma and then you got you know all these other friends and you got Facebook that's kind of like a a place where people can see you doing your thing and when you look at it, you're like, LinkedIn can have up to 30,000, I think, before you have to get followed. I have like 10. Facebook, you get 5,000. And then you have, you can't have to follow you, which um, I'm maxed out there. And then you have Instagram, which could be unlimited. And so you just think about these platforms. And then there's TikTok, which is like overwhelming because I can't add another thing to my
0: repertoire. But I'd love, I'd uh, love to see you do some... <laughs>
1: Oh, Ryan's got moves.
0: Oh, no doubt. Got moves. No doubt.
2: I love. I just love seeing full grown men, um, uh, you know, with their wives dance and their kids, like you know. And I'm like, there's no oh. way I'm doing that. No, it's like they or they're, they're in the gym and they're like, they're like, let's do like push ups and patty cake and do it at the same time oh. with their shirts off. I'm like, what is going on? This, this is crazy. No, but um, yeah. So we'll look forward to that, Ron. Yeah, that's coming up.
1: What Ryan's talking about is like a huge part of what we teach at STG is not just, you know, normal, boring SEO, you know, Google clicks, Google ads. There's a lot you can do with social media and with uh, as people live more and more online, right? Pandemic accelerated it, sure, but like it was happening anyways. Like, you know, one of the things that we really love are like neighborhood groups, right? So, like Facebook, a lot of times we'll have neighborhood groups. So when someone is like, hey, I'm looking for a roofer, I'm looking for a plumber and they'll go not just uh, to they'll not just go to their like Google, whatever, but they'll go to a local, you know, the Cedar Crest Facebook group and they'll say, hey, guys, does anyone work with a plumber lately? Right. And you want to be training your customers to when they see that, not just post so their grandma and their friends can see, but in those other group interactions with strangers and people that they maybe don't know as well, but they share some sort of connection on social media. That's where you can really start to get a lot of traction, a lot of free leads.
0: Sure. You're not I, you know, like interestingly, so much of what we teach compliments you guys as well, I must say, um, and I'll put we put a slightly different spin on it, but I'll get to that in a sec. But what you're talking about there, I find, is what 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 I call the modern day, it's like a modern day word of mouth, right? Because, you know, that that whole conversation that people are having. Who can, I did this yesterday, right? I jumped onto our local Facebook group, um, like uh, up here where I live, and I said, "Oh, does any can anyone recommend an you know throat specialist?" And you know, within within um, you know, an hour, there was like thirty comments come back. you've got to go to this guy. Got to go to this guy. Got to go to this guy. And I was like, okay, cool. So um, but of course, on the flip side of that, uh, you know, and in testament to what you were saying before, Chris the first thing I did once I gave the recommendation was I jumped online and Googled them. Right. Yep. So, so have that ecosystem dialed in, but like, again, you that, that, that,
1: right. You have to have your website and you have to be ready for when they do Google you, but there's a lot of like evolving forms where you can get ahead of people. Like, do you guys have nextdoor.com in Australia?
0: I don't think so. Oh maybe, maybe we do. I don't know.
1: <laughs> you might have a similar service. It's really cool. It's all neighborhood based you have to geolocate you can only be part of whatever neighborhood you're in okay and it's like a hypercharged version of that same thing of sure. like everyone who lives in canyon creek is gonna be in this next door group and they'll be able to pass those leads around
2: or pass information around yeah so we we have um, friends of ours that are romanian that we met in florida and we moved to hawaii and our sounds like
0: a, so it just sounds like a joke already
2: yeah, it sounds like a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and uh <laughs> um so they they uh they came out here and one's a massage therapist, one's a cleaner. Okay, so um, but no, seriously, uh they ended up coming out to Hawaii. They're staying in our little guest house for a few months because you know, they're friends and they now they have a place. But what's amazing is dude, the first week they got here, they got settled in, you know, it's no big deal. Next week they're gone every day, and I'm like you guys already started working like yeah we just went into next door and shared what we're doing and on facebook just in the you know marketplace and stuff and like, just said we do cleaning uh services and they have not stopped having work every single week weekday just doing hmm. clean obviously that they, they might be dirt cheap i don't know what they're charging right. whatever but the cool thing is is just just the digital game organically is powerful um so anyway well, I- be-
0: arguably more powerful in truth and i mean we deal with this a lot obviously organic and paid and you know that that whole conversation around i mean i mean it, it's it's no secret most people will skip past ads and they'll go for the organic listings when you when you you know talk on platforms like like google right so so in, in looping back to what um you know what what you guys were saying just now Ryan on you know that whole being present on social media like as I, as I was saying to Chris I know you dropped out for a second there but like we we have uh, like a big thing that we like to focus on and what like in truth my most passionate thing with the businesses we work with is helping them tell their story mm. because and, and again this is like it's a really hard thing to communicate to businesses because they're so caught up in that whole churn and burn mentality with lead generation and I want to run Google ads and let's do this and let's do that. And I'm like, that's great. We can do that. But if you want to stand out in a competitive landscape, get better at telling your story because people are coming to you for information and you're not giving it to them. And like, it's that whole, it's, it's this crazy thing. Like when you look at like the, the, the wins and the trust and the rapport that you can create, Through telling your story, and you, and and and, okay, fine. I know a lot of people are like, I don't like being on video. Whatever, like, get over it, and just tell your story about it. And I've said this a million times on the show as well. You know, like the difference between like somebody talking to a client or one of their customers about the job they've just done, and they will sit there and they will do that all day long because they know it backwards. And you hold this little tiny device up in front of their face. And all of a sudden, they clam up and they can't get the words out. And you're like, it's just a mindset process and something that gets better with practice.
1: Yeah. Well, sounds- and when you share, when you share your story, it really not only brings people in, but it's also again going to increase your conversion rate. And this right?
0: is what, and this is the thing, right? So when we talk, and this is one of the reasons why we do this, because when we're talking about increasing improving our conversions, there's there's the things that we know, and the things that we know are okay. Like we we can gauge with through data um how well a google ad is converting how well to a degree your seo campaign is converting through you know google analytics goal setups and all that kind of stuff but what you don't know is you know how much how 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 much the content that lives on your website is improving is building trust and rapport with potential customers and the content that you're creating is building trust and rapport so the come the point when they do want to engage you for something you've already done the selling the content you've done the hard work you've done the heavy lifting and it's a really hard thing to like identify and put a number on like from a statistical perspective but we know that it works and it works unbelievably well with commercial-based customers who we can guarantee their clients are not looking for them on google it's relationship based but they're looking for evidence they're looking for proof that they can do something similar to what they're looking to have done right so well
2: yeah i was gonna say like um a couple of things are coming to my mind is like you know facts tell stories sell So like hey we did facts tell stories sell and i think that when you share it everywhere you can it's powerful but like I I was this remind this takes me back to when I was teaching like how to get the right clients to buy and then also get the there's two things that happen whenever you you tell stories is not only are people gonna buy from you on, like on paper but they're also gonna buy into you and work and be a, a good advocate a partner or an employee so think about like. How powerful it is when someone's buying into your brand or buying into your company. So it's look, you're gonna you, when you say uh, here's here's what we do, you're gonna get you're gonna get clients because we're you know we're an electrician and we we have solve electrical problems. Great. Uh, and then we go how we do it, which is gonna differentiate you a little bit more because you're gonna show here's what we do that's differently. Here's what makes us you know here's how we do it and so look how x ex- how good we are how we're experts now we're more we have more expertise than than other people so you should hire us right and then you have the third level which is the why you do it right so when you have the the why you do it now it starts to get into like the the soul level the bone level like okay there these people are impacting community these people are giving back or whatever it is so then you have that's the third level of differentiation so you have but you are in business because of what you do. Great. You're probably competitive and doing okay because you talk about how you do it and you're, you're really good. What's going to make you a market leader in your own eyes or whatever you consider to be a market leader is, and it's going to get the right clients to buy from you and the right talent to join you and the right partners to refer to you is going to be the why you do it, which comes through storytelling.
0: Yeah. Now here's the caveat, right? We go through... In our technical college our training our you know tafe as we call it over here whatever and we learn how to swing hammers and we learn how to pitch roofs and we learn how to you know you know put switch, install switchboards but at no point do they really teach you the whole concept of storytelling so it's not comfortable for people it's not comfortable for you know guys to know this because they've never been taught it they've, it's not something they teach it at, at college It's something you have to go out and learn and you've got to physically invest in. So the the caveat there is, well, I don't, I I didn't get into business to become a storyteller. I didn't get into business to, you know, to become a video master, you know, and this is the objections we get all the time. And, And my, my response to it every time is if you want the result, you do the thing. And as your business develops and you grow, your role within your business will change significantly, but sometimes from month to month, you know, one month you might be the HR guy, then the next month you might be the sales specialist, like whatever it is, right? So it doesn't, it, it's not, it's never a conversation. It should, and it should never be a conversation. And let me, for any of you guys out there that are having this objection right now, and you're saying this, go, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to do that because I don't like being in front of a camera. It doesn't matter what you like doing; it's about the outcome you want. And like the more you, you all you're doing is you're making these excuses which are holding you back from getting the thing. So well,
2: you sign up to be an entrepreneur and a business owner. You're not like you're not just you know. If you yeah. like if you like having no money and being stressed because you know you like to you <coughs> like that and this is perfect for you, right? And I say that obviously with a lot of uh, implication, but you know you're right. You can't. It's not about what you like to do. What, what do I got to do? I got to evolve. And if i'm a business owner i have more responsibility and a risk i'm placing on my family and the people that work for us i gotta evolve and uh if you that's why we're so passionate about selling because if you could sell yourself and you're sold on yourself and other people are sold on you then marketing becomes easier everything becomes easier because you're in yeah well and growth is uncomfortable right
1: so you if you're somewhere and you're comfortable And you want to get somewhere else that's bigger and better and more successful you have to go through uncomfortable to get there right sure So if you're that guy or is sitting there and going oh i don't want to talk about myself i don't want to i don't share with customers then you know you're putting artificial constraints and you're holding yourself
2: in place you're stopping your growth yeah right like i mean like you're not you're not bought into yourself yet (laughs) so like so then why would anybody else want to buy into your video? You can't even like take a second to, to have your own recording because you don't like how you come across. Like think about athletes, right? I mean, you know, let's look at baseball. Cause I know at least Australians can appreciate some baseball.
0: No, one uh, one maybe,
2: of them anyway. <laughs> them. And, uh, <laughs> and our boy, uh, Vladdy daddy junior over yeah. in uh, Toronto. I mean, you gotta know that that guy has been looking at film of his swing a long time. You know, he's got to be, and you look at Tom Brady in you know, American football, which is, you know, about to be a retired man. So we're going to have to use another, another example uh, here soon. But you know, these guys, they, they're painfully looking at videos saying, "Ah, that was awful. I know exactly what I did wrong. And I don't know about you, but like, if, if you go ahead and do a couple social media posts and you see yourself a couple of years later, like, wow, hopefully you're saying, look how much farther I've come. Sure. Because, you know, you, you, you've, you've taken the time to look at it. So anyway, this could go on. Um, we got a lot of value here. Uh, I think we, we shared a lot of value uh, in terms of the, the, the digital game. Oh, I just
1: um, want to tie up this thought um, about something we talk about a lot at STG is pride and excellence. Right. If you have pride in yourself, it's easy to tell your story. If you have pride in your company, it's easy to tell your story. And that comes from, you know, pursuit of excellence and really holding yourself to a high standard.
0: Sure. And conviction, I guess, you know, like there's, like I said, you, you can sit there and have these conversations with your clients all day. There's no reason why you can't, you know, hold up a phone and have the same conversation with the phone. <laughs> it's just, it, it, you, it's just something different. It's a skill that you develop and you get better at it. You do. Um, anyway, let's jump into special ops.
1: Okay. <coughs> special ops. This is a fun one. So we talked ground game, right? It's the gl- the unglamorous, the physical presence. You got to get out there. You got to do it some which way or another. Talked about the digital game, organic versus you know more structured SEO, those sorts of things. Special ops is kind of everything else. It's one off events. It's referral programs. It's you know one thing that's great trade shows and home shows. Right, that would be something we'd classify in the special ops category. Are you going to do a trade show every single weekend? Probably not, right? That would get exhausting. You don't have the resources or the time to do that. No one does. But you know, a couple well-timed trade shows or home shows at the right times in your season generate a bunch of leads. Uh, targeted referral programs or mailers that you do at certain times of the year, right? Special ops is kind of the sprinkles on top of the cake. You got to have your uh, ground game to push things forward. You got to have your digital game because that's where a lot of stuff's happening these days. And special ops is like filling in the gaps, you know, Mm. big opportunities, right? Like, honestly, Matt, for us, being on this podcast is a special ops marketing, Mm. right? Like, are we going to do a podcast with you every week? Probably not. Although you're very funny. I'm having a blast. But like, realistically, right? You know, these are the sorts of things you got to get out there. You got to do one-off things that are going to create results that supplement, right? That supplement everything else you're doing.
0: Sure. It's like breaking the monotony really, isn't it? It's like just adding, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. But if a lot of guys out there be going, okay, well, I'm a plumber. What, what am I going to do? I'm not going to, like, what's a special op thing that I can do? I'm, I'm a plumber.
1: Sure. So I'm you not going to hold an event. Right. If you're a plumber in a town, you could, yeah, you could hold an event that you would never do, right? You could go to the local farmer's market one uh, one saturday and just hand out business cards or hand out little fridge Uh, magnet right right like hey guys i know you probably don't need a plumber today but put this on your fridge and call me when the sink goes out
0: yeah right those are
1: special ops things and if you're not doing any special ops things ever then again you're limiting yourself you know you you gotta create
2: one that comes to mind is like it's just mind-blowing is like um like when i started in roofing there was so we were I was part of a large organization doing probably you know 25 million and at the time and by the time I left uh the company had grown to about you know 50 over a four and a half year span. So that was a lot of growth but that size. And you know, you can only imagine when a, when a company's called XYZ Roofing, you're gonna get a lot of calls, but the good thing is they were a commercial roofer. And um, and so every Single day they would get homeowners calling them every single day, and then every single day they referred them to Tiger Team Roofing, and Tiger Team Roofing was just hanging out, just just taking all the brand momentum of a fifty million dollar a year company <laughs> and just getting it thrown right in their laps. It would be like. It would be like an SDG. It would be like us. If we if we had the largest general coaching business in the world that that was just pouring this thing, we don't even touch sales training. We're just going to hand them to you. And like we're just by the daily. We're just getting leads. Like that would just be a dream, right? So imagine if you're like, you know, we're a residential electrical contractor, right? So imagine you have, and this isn't in every market, but maybe maybe it is what's a partner that's likely generating leads that they're just not going to be able to do and they don't want to do, they just can't do it. And there's something and they could just, you can create a relationship where they're feeding you those leads and you return the favor. Yeah. So maybe like you're a residential and you don't do commercial and they're do commercial, they don't do residential. I could promise you that not everybody has, if they're an HVAC company, they're not like, I'm Paradigm Commercial HVAC. They're just like, dude, I'm Paradigm HVAC. That's the name of their company more than likely, right? So if they're getting leads, they're, they have a strong brand. Their trucks are all over town, and you know some of the homeowners are calling in on them. Who are they going to send those to? Yeah. So just something to think about. You know, as your guys are uh, seeing those, you know, organizations invest so much of their own brand into something. How can we partner so that their marketing budget becomes part of your marketing budget
0: inadvertently? Right. We. This is going back five or six years, maybe more. We helped a client of ours that in melbourne they're a plumbing company and they wanted to basically expand the business <clears throat> but they they wanted to expand their business but they didn't necessarily want to expand their offerings right they they were they were pretty staunch with what they were doing they did a lot of like leak detection um they did um block drains pipe relining they're were, they were pretty like set with that they'll but they just wanted to basically broaden their reach we had a, a we had a electrical client down in victoria I still do actually um same same situation um pretty similar style of business business owners pretty similar types to good guys like good good fun people same sort of style of business the electricians had a few more guys come off office of staff but anyway i basically made this introduction i said listen you guys want to grow your database you guys want to grow your database um you can do this the hard way we're generating your own leads or you can form some sort of you know referral arrangement between you and you could essentially you know double your database overnight by just you know re- referring each other you know as your trusted electrician my trusted plumber so on and so forth and they did it and the results were absolutely astounding like they they, they we set together we put out this email campaign for both of them uh, we launched this campaign funnily I mean not not surprisingly some of, they, they, some of them had the same contacts, which, you know, which actually was quite well received, um, but, but they, were, they were both booked out within literally a day for weeks. Like it was in a crazy way to compound, and it came from just what you're saying, Ryan. It was just a matter of getting out there, taking your blinkers off. Um, probably putting your ego aside for a second and actually, you know, getting out there and building a relationship and you know introducing yourself to someone and put, laying your cards on the table and saying this is what I want to do, and you know it had it had a formidable result for them. So it's it's creative, you know. Um, like you talk about black ops, Um, Chris. We had like a guy on a pod on the podcast, an American fellow called Dave Gatto, um, uh, back in oh man, 2018, episode 146. And his his black ops strategy, right? Like he was selling home services at the time. He's not doing that anymore. Um, but they would they would do like things like painting and they put put fencing up and they do all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. His black ops strategy was he would go around to real estate agents. He would go to he'd go to um, uh, what's the big shop you guys have? Walmart. You go to Walmart. He'd buy like a little mini Tonka truck things, like toy trucks with like tipper little tipper trucks. Buy a bunch of candy. He'd go around to real estate agents. He'd walk in there. He'd dump this truck on their on their um on their coffee table or in their waiting room. He'd fill it with candy and he'd walk out without without talking to anyone. And then he'd come back in like two weeks time and he'd fill the candy up and he'd walk out. <laughs> and then he'd come back third like uh, a week later and he'd go and fill the candy. And the people were like, "Excuse me, this is great, but who are you and what do you do?" He'd be like, "Ah, oh, let me tell you." And so he built this relationship with these real estate agents who just started throwing work at him, just through these little toy trucks he bought at Walmart and the candy that he would go around and would constantly top up. And I just thought this is just genius. Like it's it's just so not obvious, you know? And you might have I think you had like little business cards eventually in the second t- time he'd leave there. And <laughs> this is great.
1: And the relationships, right? That's that's definitely special ops. Yeah. You know, that's not something that you can just put money into and get a bunch of Google clicks, right? Like you have to put time, you have to put energy. But whatever industry or trade you're in, you're gonna have people that can refer you business. I was gonna sure. bring up the real estate agents. That's <laughs> a great one. If you're a residential contractor, uh, or even if you're a commercial contractor and commercial real estate agents, right? It's like those guys are on properties there. They need someone to get a roof done. They need someone for electrician. Or, you know, if you're a painter and you partner with a siding company, right? And the siding company needs someone to paint all their stuff. I mean, it's like, there's so many symbiotic opportunities that you just have to open your mind. Like electricians and solar. It's so like solar, right? Mashes. You know, a lot of, there's like installing the solar panels and then there's plugging in the wires. If you're an electrician, you can get a ton of work from solar companies that need electricians to plug things in you know yep. so putting that energy in and opening yourself up to those relationships are exactly what we're talking about with special ops like what are creative different things you can do to be sending leads down that funnel and for any like frontline sales professionals that are like still kind of drunk off leads from the company you're really missing opportunities you know if you're waiting on leads from the company that they generate online you're missing all these real world opportunities for
0: relationships to be sending you leads love it all right so for you listeners and viewers out there if you want to get more information on or you want to get in contact with ryan or chris head across to sales transformation com. now it's a they've got a program it's great um you can register for that um i'm trying to generate as much um uh, leads and interest for these guys over uh, over um in australia and new zealand just because they've they've um threatened to if if we can generate enough interest, they'll put some um, full time technicians over on over. Oh, sorry, people on over here to service the support side of things. But it is a program anyway, right? Like it's all a lot of it's delivered online. Is that right?
2: Yeah, well, uh, we we have an online course platform which we spent a, a ton of time just building, stru- you know, structuring it. It's not like uh, a typical sales training platform where they just like throw a smorgasbord of like videos into a into something and you're like. All right, I'll just pick this today, and then maybe that tomorrow. We we have like a very uh, purposefully created uh, structure to help you grow your sales organization (laughs) and to impact these shows. So anyway, that's built online. Chris actually came last year and uh, to my house, and while he was on vacation, and we recorded the training together, which was super cool.
0: Hell of a vacation! uh, I bet your wife was thrilled with that.
1: Oh yeah, we spent like three weeks in Maui. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah you know, spent probably four or five days over at ryan's house that
2: was awesome <laughs> yeah that was great and then uh we do group coaching so we have group coaching for sales leaders every week and then uh, we have a group coaching with chris every two weeks um hopefully i can get him to weekly eventually i know mm-hmm. he's got a business on. but um and then we have lastly we, we do a one-on-one support so if you actually want like personal hand-holding to guide you and coach you and consult you throughout the journey together Uh, that's where if we can get enough um you know tradies some tradies enough enough tradies over there we'll we'll staff uh uh, we'll we'll staff an stg expert who can who can join our vision and help serve you guys so um anyway all that to say that that's kind of how it works um with us well the cool part about our platform is
1: whether you're commercial residential a little bit of both insurance retail whatever you know we've got a kind of a range of products that serve all sales professionals in the contracting industry
0: sure all right cool Well, i'm gonna have links to everything in the show notes so if you guys out there that are listening or watching this um head across to the um search for this podcast anyway you search for this podcast you'll, you'll see it'll be one of the most recent ones and there'll be resources and links to everything the guys um are doing there and we'll also be promoting um these episodes out on facebook so if you're in the facebook if uh, if, you, if you're on facebook head across to the page you'll see the podcast go live there and if you're in our group head across there as well ryan you're in that group anyway right i'm pretty yeah. sure you are yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. um part of the conversation over Great there group. um we're going to wrap this one up and we're going to come back with the second episode which is called closing happens before the close uh guys thank you for your time um we we'll look forward to speaking to you in the following episode please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcasts. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcasts. It will be well worth the conversation. And I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.